I want to welcome you all today to Origin Gate Daily Podcast. This is Ian Clayton. We'll be teaching of this segment called Wisdom's Echo. It is really interesting picking up where we left off in the last session. The unfolding of the the six ways that are engaging with wisdom and the way she entangles herself within the affairs of men is really fascinating to then pick up in the next verse. So we now are on to verse 4. It says this, Unto you, O men, I call. It is fascinating to me that we, we literally have a choice to respond to that call to be mentored and tutored um, by who she is and her role and function as one of the sentient administrators of Yahweh's throne and presence. It just becomes important for you and I to see that she calls unto you, O men, I call. And then it says, my voice is to the sons of men. And so she includes everyone within the capacity of who they are as a being to engage with her actively. It's interesting when I first began to engage with Moshe regarding his encounter in the burning bush when Yahweh introduces himself as Yeh Yeh Asher Yeh Yeh I am that I am which is really a horrible, horrible translation of that. But nevertheless um, as he introduces himself to Moshe it says that he spoke and called Moses' voice or Moshe by, by a voice and he called unto him and said Moses and Moses the weird thing was that Moses didn't hear that voice what caught his attention was a sign and a wonder and sometime, sometimes I think that we are so focused on wanting the sign and wonder we don't feel the prompting of the movement of one of these sentient administrators that Yahweh has given to you and I to become part of the function of his throne room with. And so, and then, then she says, I call unto my, unto my, and my voice is to the sons of men. This is, O you simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. So one of the key aspects I find with wisdom, there's, there's two facets to this. The first one is that when wisdom engages with us, the way that wisdom is presented in creation is very, very simple. It's easy to understand, but the other side of the coin is that sometimes it's so deep. For me personally, I have to grapple with trying to figure out what on earth is being imparted and said and spoken about. And so you have this double-sided coin that's so full of mystery, yet so practical. And the thing that I love about the Spirit of Wisdom is that she would always grind out the information into practical life down here to display the realm of Yahweh's world here through you and I. It's not just about being deeply spiritual and having spiritual connections with Yahweh that that seem to move us into arenas of the kingdom that that we're not ground out. And it's, uh, when she engages with us, it must affect your personal life, your intra and interpersonal life, and must be ground out into business life, into your finances, into 
it's not just a spiritual union, but it starts off in that place of relational connection and union. And then he says, Oh, you fools, be of an understanding heart. One of the key components that um, I find a person who thinks they're spiritual is that they they try and figure it all out themselves instead of having an understanding heart, which really means the very origins of the seed line of who I am coming to be able to be opened up so that the very administration of that being can be connected to the root of my thought life. Because your heart is about your thoughts. It is not about your brain. Your brain is a storage device for memory. Your heart is the thought process we go through in life. So when she, when, she, when, it's, when she says, you fools, be of an understanding heart, what she's saying is, allow your heart to be captured with what she is doing so that through being captured, you can gain understanding of your function and your role. Because the word says that, and not only that, but also that what we speak, we frame into reality. So if we don't allow the platform of our heart to be captured, then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if we don't speak properly and engage with the right process, then you will find that the things you sow into your future are going to be the things that are coming out of your mouth. And so it's, it's, it's important to understand the function of your heart in this. Then she says, Here, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips will be right things. So let's talk about here. So... There is a place where you and I actually have to shut out the clamor of the daily need for wisdom and understanding to get knowledge in how to do things right to a place of rest. And to, to engage in here, we have to function out of rest. You cannot do anything but out of rest. And so here, for I will speak of excellent things. So... It's fascinating to me that about four years ago, there was a birthing in the earth um, of this thing called doing everything in excellence. But what it framed itself up was as a as an excellent spirit, which is a driving religious demon spirit that drove everyone to try and be ex and try and have excellence. But it was a religious control mechanism. So in there's a difference between having excellent excellence and being excellent in all of our ways. And so the drive was to be something rather than become something. And so you and I are becoming these beings that are going to be that are going to be able to show forth the excellence of what is going on inside of our hearts. And so so she will speak of excellent things. Why? Because we need to be speaking of the same things. And then the opening of my lips shall be right things, for then says my mouth shall speak truth. Now, the opening of her lips um, shall shall be right things, which means that when we speak, what comes out of our mouth must be right things. One of the things that are not right with what I found many believers are involved in is what I call fantasy. We we cannot try and graft fantasy into the reality of the kingdom as a right thing. If 
your lips are not speaking right things, then you need to go back and begin to engage with how to speak the right things. And the first session we did laid the foundation for that. Then, then it says this, And you, O men, I call, and my mouth is to the voice of the sons of men. O you simple, understand, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. For I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. Then it says this, For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Now, that is not just a statement of what she's going to be doing and engaging with you. So to be able to engage with someone to see their lips means that you are in face-to-face -face relational connection with them. So when she's saying my lips will speak, or my mouth will speak, my lips will speak, it's important that you recognize that you are to see the mouth speaking, not just hear a voice that you don't know where their mouth is. It is important that we walk our way through some of these, what I would describe as simplistic things that are so important. Yeshua never said, I only do what I hear my father saying. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. Why? Because he would be able to sit in him, watch him speak, and as he spoke, be able to do the same thing. You and I function out of this arena to be able to speak, to see, to reveal, to manifest what, what is necessary. <laughs> then it goes on. So, uh, speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. So, if wickedness, which is deceit and deception and chaos, if wickedness is an abomination to her lips, and we are engaging with her to reveal the pattern that she has from Yahweh in the measure that he's given her in jurisdiction as a tutor to you and I out of Galatians 4.1. It says this, A son, though he being Lord of all, is under tutors and governors until the appointed time. The tutors are the seven spirits of Yahweh that tutor us about the different realms of Yahweh so that we understand our function within the kingdom. And so, it's, so, so as she begins to under, and, and to engage with us here, she talks about our mouth. Simple fools be understanding. Your my mouth, in my mouth shall speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination. If wickedness is an abomination to her, then it also needs to be an abomination to us. An abomination is something that is ungodly, that's not worthy to have any mention. This goes right back into again these arenas of fantasy that we seem to be going down there are so many people today that i find are are engaged in, engaged in christian spiritism and it's just it's just it is an abomination then it says this all the words of my mouth are in righteousness there's nothing forward or perverse in them so if her words of her mouth are righteousness so let's talk about righteousness here for a little bit because it's important that we get to grips with this pattern Righteousness is not something you receive this side of the veil. Righteous holiness is the expression of the empowerment of what righteousness has done for us. Righteousness is received the other side of the veil. That I'm, by that I mean by us going in. The moment we go into the realm of the presence of Yahweh, we receive an impartation, an imputation of righteousness that is given to us, not by our brownie points of trying to be clean. 
but Yeshua who stands there engaging as our high priest, the moment we go into the realm of our Father, the, the complete display of the goodness and the grace of the gospel is that we go in and we become clean. We don't have to become clean to go in. The moment we go in, Yeshua immediately stands as our priest to mediate what he went through on our behalf to remove the stain and blot of the things that disengage us from Yahweh's world so then we have free access. Going there does not precipitate its cleansing here, but what happens is when we do that there, David said this, Blessed is the man into whom Yahweh imputes righteousness. Righteousness is a seed that is I mean, forced into you like a seed being forced into ground. It's forced into you by the exchange platform of what Yeshua did. The moment we engage with righteousness on that side of the veil, it begins to unlock us here to be free to walk in the place of holiness. I think one of the things that I am most abhorrent about in this point of my Christian walk is this hyper grace, where the toleration for iniquity and transgression and blatant sinning is just an unholy thing that is going on. The word says, without holiness, no man shall see Yahweh. And so sometimes I often wonder where many people talk about what they see, I often wonder if it's vain imagination because the reflection of what a person is seeing must come out of the realm of holiness, which is connected to the way of righteousness. It's a, it's a, a thing that you and I receive freely from our Father. We do not have to go through a whole lot of traditional laws and regulations and things that govern our lives. They try to keep us controlled, pressed down under a system. We don't have to go through 25 points of redemption. It is a simplistic way of engaging with the blood of Yeshua, going through the veil of his body, coming into the realm of his presence, and him as our high priest standing there looking at you in front of you going, I've got this. That gives us the capacity to walk into Yahweh's world unrestricted, unconfined, uncontained, having the full measure of our Father flowing over our lives. Folks, this is Ian Clayton from the Origin Gate podcast, signing off for you today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye.